This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Do you like sci-fi, fantasy, action, adventure, and comic books? Then you've come to the right place for your weekly dose of anything and everything geek. So strap in and let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the Science Fictionary Podcast. Welcome back, sci-fi fans, to the Science Fictionary Podcast, presented by thesciencefictionary.com. I'm Andrew, and I'm here tonight with Marisha. Hey, everybody. And David. Hello. And we're going to talk about talk about getting ready to kick off our Pillars of Sci-Fi episode. Nope, Pillars of Fantasy. Pillars of Fantasy. We already did Pillars of Sci-Fi. We're going to talk about Pillars of Fantasy, because they are different. Yes. There is some <laughs> debate on that topic in the world at large. Maybe yeah. in between we need to have an episode on the difference between fantasy and sci-fi. The places they're different. Yeah. The pl- a comparison and contrast episode, if you will. Yeah, no, I, de- I definitely think that we could do an episode on that topic. And and where now it's become so popular to blur the line. Mm-hmm. Star Wars really made that popular to really blur yeah. the line between what is sci-fi and what is fantasy. Yeah, um, I've had a lot of trouble. When, like, you know, I like to come up with my own list, but I do do some research to know what other people are thinking and there's a lot of times i'm running into stuff or the people are saying this is the best fantasy movie ever made and i'm thinking that that was on our pillars of science fiction list huh yep so uh, yeah yeah and and not to mention sometimes there's also a little bit of bleeding between horror and either fantasy or science fiction you know like mm-hmm. a blade or oh, what's the one, other one about vampires underworld right yeah mm-hmm. you know you kind of like Alien. you can get into that place yes where it's like it's sci-fi-ish but it's also kind of it's a little bit of horror too the, well the, the two are closely related it's basically that element of science is the only thing that sets them apart mm-hmm and um, one of my favorite definitions of the difference has always been Rod Serling, who said, it is said that science fiction and fantasy are two different things. Science fiction is the improbable made possible, and fantasy is the impossible made probable. That's awesome. I like that. What do you know? The man had a way with words. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, that can be a whole episode topic, uh, like you said. Oh, for sure. Um, that's, that's a lot. There's a lot to talk about. Just in that simple little difference there. But we'll start it off like we usually do. Uh, David, what have you been watching? What have I been watching? Uh, there's a couple things this time, actually. I'm trying to pick where to start here. Um, I'll tell you this, what I, what I want to talk about. Uh, I've actually been playing a lot of different video games. And ah. recently, this is kind of on topic, kind of off topic. And I'm curious if Andrew's ever played it. Have you ever played the Walking Dead Telltale games? I have not. You, I'm sure you've heard all the hype about them, right? Right. You are missing out. I don't know how much of the show you've watched, any interest at all. I've watched um, everything but the last season. All right. You've got to check out this game. You've got to experience it. Even if you know what happens in it, if you, it's been around for ever now. So even if you know what happens, you, it's still worth experiencing that story. It, it's probably my favorite walking dead story and i love the show i'm obsessed with the show but but i i love this story of this post-apocalyptic 
Walking Dead world. It takes place in the same world as the comic books. You actually have crossover with characters from the comic books. Um, there's four seasons seasons now, and it's a great experience. And I highly recommend it for anybody who's a fan of of the zombie genre, who's a fan of video games, who's a fan of storytelling in general. Uh, I recently played through them all, so it's it's a high recommendation for me. Um, it's a great great game. Awesome. And uh, what I've been watching, I actually have uh, been watching some of the X-Men movies that are now finally on Disney+. Plus, which I think is really cool that they're finally doing that because it's now it's like it's really setting it home. Like, uh-huh. we have the X-Men movies. Yes. They're on Disney+. Plus. This is Disney now, baby. We got X-Men. Well, so I think that's really cool. Yeah. So what have you watched? What have you been watching? Which specifically with X Men movies? Uh, they've only added a couple right now. Um, they added Days of Future Past, okay. uh, which I watched the second I found out it was on there, and they added Apocalypse, and I think that's the only two they have on there right now. So how did you like like how did you like Apocalypse? Because there was a lot of um, nian nian about it when it came out. Um, Apocalypse. Yeah, have you guys seen Apocalypse? I have seen it. Andrew has Andrew seen Apocalypse? No, I have not. Well, it's on Disney Plus now. Uh, it, honestly, though, I don't know. I, I I wouldn't say it's even worth your time. There's some things I like about Apocalypse. I can appreciate all superhero movies, and and I appreciate the Fox X Men movies, but Apocalypse has a lot of issues for me. I do like some of the casting. I think. Apocalypse himself is a huge letdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a comic book fan, I know yeah. that Apocalypse can be a Thanos level opponent, right? For the X Men, and he become kind of becomes this one off, like joke, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and of course, once again, it just always comes back to Magneto, which we get it, we got <laughs> it, like. Come on! They keep flip flopping with Magneto, and, and and that they kept they kept flip flopping with Magneto in that franchise, which I always found hilarious. It was every movie you knew it's like, is he going to be a good guy or a bad guy this time? Right? You, you never knew. He's complicated. He, he's complicated. He's dark and mysterious and complicated. Yes. Right. But I actually do really enjoy. You know what? I would actually say that movie's worth watching only for. Um, the performances from Michael Fassbender and what's his name who plays Charles Xavier. Oh, um, James McAvoy, James McAvoy. That's right. I have to agree with you. They really brought it for that movie. They Um, did. They they were great as those characters. And that's the thing I'm probably most sad about, about the, the Fox X-Men movie franchise ending is that we're never going to see those two's interpretations of those characters again. I think they were, really really great yeah they really you know and it's like especially after ian mckellen and Mm -hmm. patrick stewart had done magneto and charles xavier it was like well how on earth are you ever ever gonna follow that yeah and the most perfect castings yes and then you know like they swoop in with um Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy, who I've been a big fan of ever since he did Narnia. Um, right. Back way long ago. Um, and I, it was, was first class, right? It was the first time that they, that they, those two actors. Yeah. Did those characters. First class. 
Um, and whenever we saw it, I was like, well, well, this is, this is really impressive. And, um, they've really mm. continued, you know, actors can't always carry a franchise. Um, right. but Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy, whatever complaints people have had, it's almost like the, the Star Wars prequels. It's like whatever complaints people have, it's always like, yeah, but you know, what about Obi-Wan Kenobi? You know, everybody's yeah. that's that's their thing. It's like even in the people who just despise uh, particularly Attack of the Clones. But I mean, you know, Ewan McGregor is just so <laughs> wonderful as Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I feel like, you know, there's kind of been some ups and downs in the X-Men uh, kind of reboot, soft reboot, whatever exactly it is. Something like that. Prequel, the 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 prequel era of of X Men. We'll just call it for lack of a. <laughs> that's, for, a that's a great. It's uh, a great interpretation of what that is. Yeah. Um. But they have just done such a phenomenal job, and are you know like at this point, I'm really invested in them as those characters, and I'm with you. It really is sad. Uh, the prospect of them mm-hmm. going is 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 pretty sad. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's they they did a great job with it, and uh, of course Magneto is one of the more interesting villains in comic books to me. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, he's you know especially you know the the whole the whole thing you know in the in the movies. I mean, it's a Holocaust survivor, right? And a large part of his motivation is that he's going to do whatever it takes. For his people to never suffer again. His people being mutants. It, exactly. And, and it makes a truly like complex villain, which I think a lot of movies and any any properties try really, really hard to have a complex villain. Mm-hmm. When usually it's just they give him like a daughter or something and it's like, see, isn't he complex? But like, <laughs> right. not really. Well, it's but this with thing. Magneto, he actually is. Right. Well, it's this thing where you give him a story that's like, you know, the thing, like I said, you know, he's going to do anything to keep mutants from suffering at the hands of anyone. He's got a hero backstory. Right. So he's, he's going to do anything. He's not mm-hmm. a terrible, he's not necessarily a bad person, but he's willing to be the bad guy to protect mm-hmm. his people. He's willing as long he's willing to sacrifice anyone else to keep hit the people that he feels are his to be um, to keep them from being on the bottom and, again. And a lot of people try a lot of writers try to do that with a lot of different characters, but with his like you really understand like why he's so passionate about this. Yeah, and, and his in his story he is the hero. Yeah. Which a lot of people, it's very common to say, like, all the best villains think they're the heroes. I don't always think that's true, but I think that it can be. Uh, and, and he's a great example of that. He he is the hero of his story. And if you look at it from a certain point of view, yep. he is. And, and Michael Fassbender captures that perfectly. I don't know if you guys ever saw Dark Phoenix. Not X-Men Dark Phoenix. It's, it's just Dark Phoenix for some reason. They took the X-Men out of the title after Disney bought it. It's just Dark Phoenix. Um. But uh, they actually got a great end. That movie's not great, but the one thing I did like about it is that Charles Xavier and Magneto did actually get a pretty good ending for each other okay. in that movie. And those two interpretations of the character. Yeah. Um, 
it almost feels like a rewrite because it's like this tacked on scene at the very end mm-hmm. where they meet each other and Charles agrees to go live with Magneto on his special mutant island and and they're going to like raise it together and they're both good guys now but it's very tacked on at the end so it's probably like a reshoot like okay we're not getting to make any more of these movies i guess we need to end it yeah that's... but they did good an ending at least yeah that's good and i know i didn't see dark phoenix um i probably that's will a... at some point just because it's like i mean if i've seen all the other ones i'd got to see that one too right yeah you might as well it's kind of a sad ending for the franchise well i guess there's new mutants coming too but dark phoenix is really the ending of of that franchise and those characters and yeah um i am excited to see what marvel does with them i think my my dad who isn't here with us uh tonight um he often says that he actually wishes the x-men were just on their own because they work better on their own anyway i happen to 100 percent disagree and i think that he's going to eat his words when at the uh, at the end credit scene of the next Avengers, Wolverine pops his claws. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to change his mind. But I disagree. I th- I'm excited that Marvel has him. I, I am too. And I mean, I, sure, I want to see stories in the MCU that are just about the mutants. Mm-hmm. But I want it set in that world where the the implications and the the fallout from the things that happen with the Avengers affect the X-Men or the things, the fallout from whatever's going on with the X-Men is affecting Well, know, in much the same and, way that the Spider-Man, you know, has kind of done. It's like, it, it's own thing, but it's definitely like, it's definitely the same, the same world, the same. Well, we've done that with all the characters. They've all gotten to have their own mm-hmm. stories. And I, I suspect mm-hmm. you're going to get to see, you know, one of the things we always, at least a lot of people really wanted was, and they talked about doing for a while was more origin stories. They now they did the Wolverine origins movie and it, it did really poorly and they abandoned the idea. Yeah. Yeah. uh, First class was supposed to be a Magneto origin story. That was um, X-Men origins Magneto, but you know, Wolverine was so poorly received that, that they scrapped it and made first class, Hmm. which I think was probably, the right choice just out of seeing first class and I enjoy it. But yeah, they never got around to making that Gambit movie. No. <laughs> Channing Tatum still thinks he's playing Gambit someday. someday. <laughs> he up and down. Bless his little heart. He's determined. He's from New Orleans though, isn't he? I don't think he's from New Orleans, I, but he's familiar with it, but I don't think he's from there. Okay. But, I mean, For yeah, those of you cool who are have... not from South Louisiana, Lafayette is near New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it would have been cool to have an actual raging cajun play the raging cajun i mean yeah that would be also i mean as someone who was also right living in south louisiana so going back to the x-men what you know as far as bringing them into the mcu who do you want to see first presuming that we're going to get introduced to them in another in an avengers movie or in someone else's and there's kind of some rumors going around about an ant-man 3 now and you know you got another we're getting another spider-man so Assuming that they're going to introduce mutants of, you know, in some way in one of those movies, is there a character you would really like to see first? That's a really difficult question because, I mean, of course, the obvious is like everyone loves Wolverine or whatever. But we've had so much Wolverine. And mm-hmm. I mean, I love Wolverine, but um, I think it would be a smart decision if they veered away from 
introducing him for at least a, at least a couple movies, you know, at least save it for the sequel. Right. So he's out the way. I mean, if I had to pick my ideals, I, I don't know. Okay, so over the over the Fox franchise, we actually got to see a lot of mutants. Mm-hmm. But there are definitely some mutants that I would like to see more of. So mm-hmm. I'd like to see a proper Cyclops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be great. Um, I'd love to see more Nightcrawler, a lot more Nightcrawler. Mm-hmm. Beast. Okay, so y'all have seen the 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 '90s cartoon, right? Right. That is the ideal X Men team. That yeah. is the yeah. X Men team. Uh, Wolverine's there, and so I think it'd be best if they held off on Wolverine for a bit, because just because everything has been so Wolverine, at least. Don't make the mistake of making Wolverine the main character. Wolverine's great. He worked great as a main character, but we already had him as the main character. Let's let's make it a team thing. Let's do like the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like you can argue that Star Lord's the the main character of the Guardians of the Galaxy, but you can also argue that they're all the main characters. Yeah, Um, and that's how I hope they interpret the X Men. And I'd love to see that '90s team. I'd love to see Cyclops, Jean, Beast, Jubilee. uh, let's get some Nightcrawler in there. Sure, maybe Gambit. What? Sure, uh, go for it. Rogue. I want to see a proper Rogue mm-hmm. for sure. Um, a real with a real Southern accent. Speaking of accents, I want a real Southern accent, not an accent that the actress forgets to use half of her lines <laughs> and sounds awful. I want a real Southern sassy Rogue. Uh, and I want a real proper, no nonsense, amazing leader Cyclops. That's my that's my dream for the X Men. Yeah. So and who I want to see more of? More Nightcrawler. So would you like to see? You know, as far as figuring out how to bring them in, do we want to bring them in a little bit younger than say we started off with in the original X Men movie? And build from there, or do we want to do their origin and go back and have them have having already been around through all of these other events? Hmm. See, that's a great question because there's that that brings up like how are they going to introduce it? Is it going to mm-hmm. be a new thing where mutants are just now created because of this the the radiation from the snap or whatever, or from the multiverse? Um, like, are you going to base it off of that or? There's the theory that Charles Xavier's been hiding the mutants all this time with his Cerebro powers. Either way they do that, I can at least say that I definitely want... I think it's smart to cast a younger team, because that way you can make movies with them for right. a long time, and they don't turn 50 and then ask to be killed off in Endgame because they've been playing this character forever and they're tired. <laughs> um, right. Uh, no offense to Robert Downey Jr., but like... Mm-hmm. You know, and um, so casting them, but also I don't want them to go as young as they did with like Apocalypse and and um, Dark Phoenix and stuff because that felt a little a little too like I don't I don't want to see a teenage team getting it together. I kind of want an X Men who's like knows what they're doing, you know? Right. But it's a it's a weird balance you got to hit. Uh, Marisha, you, it sounds like you had some thoughts there. Yeah, no, I was just kind of thinking through what you were saying. Um, because, you know, there's something about the, the gravitas of a a slightly older cast, you know, there's always kind of like, it's almost like casting people who are all 18 is kind of, 
it's it's kind of glittery and 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 shiny, you know, kind of decision to make. It's like, ooh, they're so pretty and youthful. Um, mm-hmm. But especially <laughs> if everybody, I'm sorry, like a group full of twenty year olds. The world is the fate of the world does not need to be in the hands of me and my friends at twenty. Certainly, <laughs> um, no offense to any twenty-year-olds here present, <laughs> but I think there's a reason. I can save the world. What's that? You could save the world. Okay, well, good. Twenty-year-olds think they could save the world. Yes, uh, and, and when I was <laughs> what twenty, about Spider-Man. I, I said a group of twenty-year-olds, <laughs> like, and I think that. Also, you have a much more di- interesting dynamic when you have a, a broader age gap. You know, you have kind of older people and younger people, and they're all at kind of different stages in life. Because the thing is, like, whenever everybody is between 16 and 25, you know, they're all kind of in that, like, figuring out who we are as people. State. You know, so we're, like, all learning about, you know, how what kind of person I want to be. And that's a little bit much for a half a dozen people to be doing that at the same time they're saving the world and all, you know, so if you have uh, a big, you know, you have your older characters, you know, you're kind of, you have your Professor Xavier be like a legitimate older, you know, um, you know, kind of a grandfatherly, you know, character almost, and then have your, you know, kind of uh, a little more of a real world kind of well-rounded range it might it might make for a little more convincing story. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you're going to get some of that. I mean, just because of the way the whole thing with the X-Men works with uh, with the Xavier School is, I, I think you're going to get some. And, and I think I would like to see it. Somehow you're going to have to have had mutants already exist in the world, I think. Um, yeah. Otherwise, you're starting off with only a handful of people like Charles Xavier and Magneto and Wolverine, either that, or you're going to have them all like come about at the same time. I I don't really know. I don't really know how Almost you do like that. they so, did with the Inhumans. Like there was a trigger. Well, I think maybe if we have, yeah, exactly. Like maybe we had a few that were already around and something has accelerated it. It's going to, mm-hmm, it's going to be hard to, pull it off in a way that doesn't feel either cheap or totally implausible. That's true. I guess we do have to consider what's going to happen with the next Doctor Strange film. Yeah. And honestly, that may be because if if you're going to be like, these mutants have been here training to save the world. They've just been sitting on their hands like through all of these cataclysmic, I mean, there was enough talk about like, well, I mean, geez, where was Captain Marvel for all of this stuff? It wasn't important enough to call her until, you know, people mm-hmm. started disintegrating. I mean, like multiply that effect. If you have an entire, yeah. like a, basically another group of Avengers level powered yeah. people right. who've just been like, eh. it's, it, yeah, it's not like the fact though. Well, yeah, we've got these heroes in hell's kitchen. Right. You know, who don't really care about anything beyond their their doors. Yeah. Right. So, um I don't know. It, it's I think it's fair to say we're going to see some alterations to some origin stories a little bit to make this mm-hmm. work, and I'm really interested to see how they do it. I'm really excited about the X-Men being brought into this into this universe. Yeah. I agree. Um I uh, who do you okay, a couple questions. Who can replace both now Patrick Stewart and 
James McAvoy <laughs> as Professor X. Like I, nobody comes to mind. And they're actually Professor X, uh, Professor X, uh, um, Pat, Patrick Stewart did actually have a conversation with Kevin Feige huh. about what to do with this character and if to come back. And they both, they ended up both agreeing that Logan was a fitting in for him as yeah. uh, Professor X, which I agree. But yeah. it is interesting that like even Kev- Kevin Feige was like, who else can play mm-hmm. Charles Xavier? It's kind of like the conversation we had about a couple of weeks ago about them recasting Spock again. It's like, man, it's like you got lightning in the bottle twice now mm-hmm. with your Spock casting. Like, how many time, how many stabs do you want to take at that? Um, yeah, but but the, that's the one character that you mm-hmm. can't not put in the X Men. Yeah, is he's yeah. got to be there. He's the X in X Men. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I, I honestly. Um, it's kind of interesting. I, I've seen. I'm kind of looking on the internet right now, and I've seen. I see a few names being thrown around as rumored, and I, I don't know that they completely don't make sense. And one of them we already know is in talks for sure to play somebody is Giancarlo Esposito. Ooh, that's uh, interesting. Remind me of who that is. That's. Uh, did you watch The Mandalorian? I did watch. He's the Moff, Ga- Moff. He's Gideon. Moff Gideon. Oh, oh, that that would be cool. And he's a I mean, he's an amazing actor. He's he's so uh-huh. versatile. Just to read off the three rumored here that I'm seeing pop up on several sites is Giancarlo Esposito, Brian Cranston, and Denzel Washington. Hmm. Those are all great names, actually. Yeah. Like just the one that that automatically for for Professor X Denzel Washington or the three on that list is the one that I'm like uh, I mean I can that doesn't take much of a stretch to see him with that kind of yeah I, but honestly all three of these actors have the gravitas to pull off mm-hmm. definitely that character so definitely and the the talent and we already know that Brian Cranston looks great. Bald. Uh, bald. <laughs> right. Yeah, that would be awesome. I'd, I'd love that. I'd love any of those choices. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The thing is, I I trust whatever it is they're going to do because they've earned that trust, you know? Yeah. Right. And that's kind of a nice feeling is not having to I worry mean, about it. That's been the general feeling that, with the MCU is like every time that I've been like, they cast who? And then you see it and you go, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like now, like who, who else would they have cast? Of course they got that right. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, oh, they cast Mr. Tumnus is, you know, <laughs> Professor X. It's like, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, wow, he killed it. Yeah. So, Turns out he's yeah. pretty versatile. But based on those three, if those three, I mean, these are rumors. So if those are the three people in consideration, they're all right about the same age, mm-hmm. which kind of tells me that they're kind of looking at somebody that was about the age Patrick Stewart was when they initially launched the X-Men franchise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, 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 yeah, I agree. I mean, Um, and if they can get somebody who's, especially, you know, an actor that age may not be quite as interested in being as busy as they were whenever they were 30, mm -hmm. you know, and who has an interest in sticking, I mean, Patrick Stewart, what, Patrick Stewart and Wolverine. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman, yeah. You know, like, I don't know if they intended to be in it for the long haul, and Ian McKellen too, but, you know, it's like, that's a really long time Mm -hmm. to stick with the franchise. 
Um, right. And I'm sure they're looking for somebody who's kind of interested. Ooh, yeah. Ralph Fiennes. Yeah, there's some names being thrown around for for Magneto as well, including Ralph Fiennes. Let's see, Esposito on that one too. Uh, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> Willem Dafoe, that would be great. Oh my gosh! I that just would if be you want to, so the thing weird. is, it's like I, yeah. I mean, my <laughs> thing is with with Magneto, he's not supposed to be a creepy villain. <laughs> no, yeah, he was a great Norman Osborn. I'm not sure about. I'm not sure about Magneto. <laughs> yeah, I've heard him thrown around with the Joker. I don't think I don't think the Joker and Magneto are on the same. Uh, yeah, there's a few. Villainy. There's a few names being thrown around here, but I, you know. Christoph Waltz could be interesting. That would be great. I'd love to see Christoph Waltz as Doctor Doom. He would be an awesome Doom. That would be. Well, and he's actually German, right? I mean, because that's the thing. Like, I know yeah. I'm seeing a couple of, you know, some some talk about casting um, an actor of color as Magneto, but that that doesn't really work with the origin story if he's supposed to be a Holocaust survivor. Right. Right. So, you know, and that's one of those Unless, things, like, do they take the chance of slightly tweaking the origin story? Because they could do that. I guess that's true. I mean, there are a lot of, there are a lot of, even the Nazis had a lot of different extermination agendas. The Jews are just the ones, um, you know, the, the most notable. Maybe, here's the thing about him being a Holocaust survivor, though, is that we're now living in, Technically, in That's the Marvel true. universe, it's 2025. Yeah, they're, right. they'd be. He's got to be really yeah. old. Yeah, really that's old, true. like reaching a well. Let's say they're let's say that he was born in like what 1935 now, and maybe he got into the Holocaust that, like maybe he was six whenever his family was taken. Like I'm just I'm stretching it out, you know, like kind of. Yeah, that'd be 95 years old. Yeah, that he'd be now. Yeah, that may be a little too much. They might have to tweak it. They might have to do something different. Like, but I don't know what else. I mean, I'm sure there's some kind of other genocide if they want to well, do I mean, that. There's I mean, that's lots the of genocide is, to pick from in the history of the world, unfortunately. And a lot of it relatively recently in history. Yeah. So, right. yeah, the, it may be someone may have already thought of, you know, that may be what they're doing. With why There are rumors of, um, you know, actors of color playing that character because they're tweaking the origin story anyway, because yeah, honestly at this point, I guess you kind of have to. That's true. Yeah. It's like, where do you go from that? It's like, so like Iron Man's original origin is that he was making weapons during the Vietnam war. Okay. Which of course you can easily just change that to making weapons during all of the uh, Middle East wars. Or right? even the cold war. Or even the cold Easy fix, right? right? Yeah. Like you were able, they were able to do that with the movies. Yes, yeah. you could always go with that. He's got some kind of something going that hit the the magnetic whatever it slows his aging. The mag the helmet he wears, or the or the mutant gene, or yeah, or the blah blah blah, or the radiation, or something. The magnetic, something yeah. makes him not look as old as he is. <laughs> yeah, or you could just not talk about it. I guess. Oh, but you got <laughs> right. to right. You got to, but like, also I can imagine them just not. I don't know. But you gotta. It'll be interesting to see how they handle it, though. I'm I'm excited about them bringing the yeah. X Men over, and um, uh, I kind of kind of hope that the you were talking about you know at the in the cut scene of one of the movies it being Wolverine in the claws, but I kind of hope it's just maybe not even him, but just Xavier's wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's cool. Xavier's wheelchair. Yeah. Just something small. It's all you just do. something we recognize. 
I have thought, okay, this is off topic, on topic, kind of, but okay. I just want to talk about it because I'm so proud of this pitch. So, this is about Fantastic Four. So, kind of on topic. Fantastic Four introduction to the MCU. This is my pitch. This is my vision. Okay. The end credit scene. You you're at you're looking at the at a guy working at a desk with a lab coat on. The camera pans back. You're fit, you're looking at his back. Camera pans back to the super long desk. The guy reaches, his arms stretch to the other side of the desk to grab something, and it pulls to him. That's the scene. I want that so badly that I cannot like something about that just <laughs> makes my heart happy. Just something real kind of humdrum. This is just how he is and how he lives, and so, exactly like or it's like he's sitting at his chair and his coffee's on the other table, so he just stretches and gets the coffee mm-hmm. and takes a sip, and that's the end credit scene. Like something yeah. simple like that. Yeah. would be so great. I do like I that. I can't wait for the Fantastic Four. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. Yeah. I'm just, I'll be real excited. I'm just ready for him to kind of like make some announcements about that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for real. Like, when are they going to... Now, I am impressed with their um, with their own patience and their, their own restraint. Right. I, I actually am because... I, I mean, they could have just rushed this to just make that quick buck mm-hmm. um they could have they, shoved them in end game yeah i mean it, there's there's rumors that they had crammed nova in there right and they, they right. To, didn't use it um i i think that's true they, they there's been that's been a couple times now like there's been cut there was a cut scene of nova and guardians and guardians 2 <laughs> infinity war and Endgame. now i think literally like wow. they they've they've They're, been Messing with Nova for years. Yeah, they're hesitant to use him for some reason, and I really don't know why. Um, I I think it's just because they they run. They said they got they got too much going on, and that's that's what I'm impressed with is the restraint to say we have a story we're doing right now, and we need to focus on these characters. Let's finish this story, and we they have their own confidence in themselves. Well, and, and that's kind of the thing when you look at DC and Marvel with what they've done with their movie universes and you go, you know, they're they're exactly the opposite where Marvel has, I mean, they've been all about the slow burn. And, mm-hmm. and like you said, showing restraint. I mean, they didn't go all in. I mean, they could have started it off with a team-up movie, but they, they earned it. Mm-hmm. And right. DC has just been about just throw it against the wall. And see what sticks. Yeah. And some of it's been great, and some of it has not. So right. I have I have another thought is in, in our hypothetical casting for Charles Xavier. All right, mm-hmm. I've got I've got my my because I've been sitting there over here thinking about this. Nathan Fillion. <laughs> Nathan Fillion is my pitch for <laughs> Charles Xavier. <laughs> you know, I I I'm, I really want to see Nathan Fillion. In a superhero movie, but Nathan Fillion as Professor Xavier is, I, I wouldn't that be wouldn't that be different and unexpected? And you though? just make Alan Tudyk uh, Magneto. And- yes, you just pitch him against each other. I, I was thinking Alan, he could be that, that he could be um, Nightcrawler. Oh, Alan. As- <laughs> okay, so new plan. We're just gonna cast Firefly. Uh, the cast of Firefly as the X-Men. Who's with me? Um, yeah, Nathan Fillion is the last name I expected you to say. 
<laughs> if you would have given me a thousand guesses, I never would have guessed. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. you know what? I would go with it. If they announced that. I mean, he can I'd pull off gravitas like he, you know, I mean, he's really not that funny in Firefly. He's got his, his little one-liners, but... uh, You know, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I think I might enjoy him as, like, a side... If he was a little younger, like a Cyclops, he'd be a great Cyclops. Mm-hmm. You know what? Let's see it. Let's see a Nathan Fillion Wolverine. <laughs> oh, gosh. Now that I'm saying that, now that I'm thinking about it, though, his one-liners... Imagine him saying them with a little bit of a gruffier voice and some sideburns. Yeah. I, I, I said it as a joke, but now I'm kind of behind it. <laughs> it's just like the X-Men. They're all, they're all Nathan Fillion. <laughs> they're all Nathan It's like Gambit. <laughs> okay, no, he... Bro, he might could do Gambit. He, 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 could, he actually would be. A, yeah, like, pretty fun Gambit. He'd be a good, he, can, he can be Magneto. He's all X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. That's a great idea. What if it? What Pain if? Blue. What if he's all the X Men, but just physically, and then Alan Tudyk does all the voices. <laughs> that would, yes. and they 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 dub it over. That would be fantastic. Now, this in would all be... in all seriousness, there was a time where I really wanted to see Nathan Fillion as Nova. Hmm. Me too. I wanted to see him as Nova. I wanted to see him as Green Lantern. I wanted to see him as anybody. Like, I agree. I wanted to see him. I want to see him in a superhero movie. I'm yeah. saying I wanted to. I'm retroactively wanting to. After seeing Firefly, I'm going, man, five mm-hmm. years ago, I would have loved if he was this or that. Right. But well, it's one of those things. You watch him in that, and you go, why is he not in more stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is he seriously. still making a cop show? I mean, not that it's not that there's anything wrong with it, but it's like, why is he not the biggest thing in Hollywood? Yeah, for real. Ice T makes cough makes cop shows, okay? Not Nathan Philly. <laughs> so we were talking about what have we been watching, and I'm the only person who went, and we got on a big. That's true, and yeah. Um, let's see. Well, Marisha and I started Brave New World on the yes, Peacock. Yes, yes. The first two episodes I, are free, and I will sure as heck be paying to watch the rest of them. It was good. Don't watch it with your kids in the room. No, please don't. <laughs> but so far, it's really good. And I, I can't wait to see where they go with it and see if they do the book justice. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, the production values are off the charts. And the cast is phenomenal. Great casting. Great casting. Um, so, yeah, that one's that one's looking real promising one episode in. And the Peacock, like Marisha said, the, you know, I, I don't I haven't looked at it that closely, but there's a lot of free stuff on there. A lot of free stuff on there. I was really? shocked. I've never heard of them. This but, is well, it's, it's in, it, yeah, it's uh, well, it's NBC streaming service. It just launched Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Oh, OK. OK. And we like have not new, yet watched the psych movie. No, the new psych movies on there. I got to watch that. Oh. And James Roday and Dulé Hill as Magneto and <laughs> Professor X. <laughs> I've solved it, y'all. <laughs> For your contribution. <laughs> <laughs> My contributions are just getting better and better. <laughs> yeah. But uh, their app. Honestly, and this is really kind of a, a tech nerd thing to talk about, but a lot of these streaming services have terrible apps. Yes. Even Hulu's app's not working right Sucks. anymore. And so far, the Peacock app, it seems like they waited to launch it until they got their app working right. It mm-hmm. seems to be working really, really well. Yeah. That is that is actually something, and I'm sure listeners will agree, that is something that will like actually push me towards... Mm-hmm 
getting it and watching what they have because you're right. Nothing is more I, the CBS all access. It's awful. It's awful. And, the, and so that's actually really important. And you're right. Hulu has problems and like it's, it makes things and, and it's such a first world problem, but right. I am much more likely to watch something if I, if it's, not it, frustrating. Yeah, if you don't have to fight with your device to watch something. Yeah. I mean, you've tried, you've you've been watching some some of the, my stuff on Vudu, and that app is pretty bad. It's gotten a little better, but I'm really hoping now that Fandango bought that that they're going to get that running better. Here's hoping. Oh, yeah. That's cool because we have a crap ton of money invested in yeah, Vudu movies. I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> it blew my mind. Pretty much every movie that we've bought for like the past. 10 years probably we've bought it with the digital copies is like five dollars more to buy it with the digital copy not even that mm-hmm. and then you can also if you own the dvd you can go in and you can convert it to digital for like three bucks and That's- you just think we have a lot of movies on our voodoo you should see all the dvds we own <laughs> <laughs> i think marisha sort of resents how many dvds and blu-rays i own but it's possible <laughs> Really? Because who has to find a place to store all of them? I'm like, hey, Andrew, where do you want these to go? I don't know. Just find a place for them. <laughs> oh, and then it's left up to and you. And I quote, I don't know, baby. Just put them somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> put them somewhere. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> you, are, you are a better wife than many because I'm sure many would just throw them on the floor. Um. I thought about it, but <laughs> I do like being married, so I, I have uh, <laughs> refrained. Um, it, it's it's got enough it's got enough perks that it's it's worth dealing with his ludicrous DVD collection. Well, there's uh, something special about having a DVD collection. There yeah, really yeah, is. whatever. And you get all the special features, <laughs> yep. and and all that cool stuff. It's like the same reason I still buy physical comic books and everything. I, I like owning it, and also like yes, but comic books are like an eighth of an inch wide. You know <laughs> yeah. how big DVDs are? Bigger than that. There's a lot more content. There's a lot more content on a Blu-ray than. Than in a comic book. Mm-hmm. At least, yeah. at least we don't have VHS tapes anymore. My grandparents just moved, and their like giant collection of VHS tapes came with them. Do they have? Do they still watch them? I mean, the kids do. All of their like Disney movies and stuff are on oh, wow, VHS. Really? Yeah. I mean, they don't have Disney Plus. It's so hard to navigate, David. <laughs> Oh. Okay, now, like, granted, my grandparents are in their 80s. Like, I really can't blame oh, them okay. for the fact right. that they can't figure out how to use streaming services. Like, that, that's that's fair. That's fair. Now, the <laughs> other thing we've been watching, we talked a little bit. We watched the first two episodes of the, Twilight of the Zone. new Twilight Zone And reboot. loved them. Was and so they were, impressed. And they, were, they were great. Mm-hmm. Um, those first two episodes are amazing. And they're, they're I mean, they could have been remade episodes. The third one was... Okay, but it was, it was one of those that got... It was a little heavy-handed. It was a little heavy-handed, which, you know, I like my sci-fi. I don't mind the, you know, the commentary, the the social commentary. I like my sci-fi I just with don't like it to, you know, take a bat and hit me in the head with it. Right. Now, that being said, the original Twilight Zone was not above bamboozling with you with commentary. Right. And, the and freaking, it was the, the slot machine that chased the guy around <laughs> Las Vegas. I mean, yeah, that was pretty on the nose. The one arm bandit. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so the third episode is good. 
But I would say that the social commentary was a little bit more on the nose, which was fine, but it didn't... It was real obvious what was going to happen less than halfway through it. And that's the thing. It wasn't like, oh, I wonder how this is going to go. It's like, okay, this is clearly like, this is clearly clearly the narrative and this is how it goes. And that was the disappointing thing about it. Wasn't that it had a a social statement to make. Like you said, that's what Twilight Zone does. It's never been above being really heavy handed with it. But it was like, I mean, literally... It was like, well, this is how it's going to end. Right. So halfway in, you know how it's going to end, and you're just like waiting for it to happen. Mm -hmm. And then we got to episodes four and five, and they are awful. (laughs) Andrew is not a fan. They are two of the worst episodes of anything I have watched in a very long time. Wow. Wow. What about just the... They're, what about them? They clearly thought that they were very... That whoever wrote the... I don't know if one person wrote all of it or if it was written by different writers. I hadn't looked at it that closely. But whoever wrote them clearly thought they were being very clever. <laughs> yeah, the one that was but said in no, Alaska... There's no twist. There's no. no real social commentary. There's... No, like literally like you're just 30 seconds waiting, in... You're sitting there waiting for something to happen, and it ends. And both after both episodes, I'm pretty sure I looked across the room at Marisha and went, boo. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I need you to say that whole thing again, because I think that even listening to you describe it. <laughs> what? So, yeah, it's, it's that it's, you know, I went back and I kind of read some reviews. And, I mean, clearly they thought they had this, like, clever twist in there. Literally. Yeah. Okay. But literally it, during the, like, opening 10 seconds of the episode, definitely within the first minute. Of a traveler? It was like, he's an alien. Are you talking about the yes. a traveler? The thing about a traveler, uh, which was episode five, correct? I think so. I was excited about that one. It had, um, uh-huh. oh, what's his name? I'm blanking on his name. He was Glenn and mm-hmm. uh, Stephen Young. Yeah, and so it had him in it, and so I'm like, yes, I mean he's great, and so mm-hmm. I'm all excited. And he for was it. great, and he was great in it. There was not a thing wrong with the acting. It's that. You know, it's Twilight Zone, so you you expect a twist or mm-hmm. some kind of real like hard hitting commentary on something, or and it just you sit there for fifty minutes and it never comes. Well, and that's it's the like, thing. It kept know, being the, like they kind of acted like the twist was well, he's an alien, but like literally in the first minute of the episode, you see his spaceship. So is the twist that there is no twist? <laughs> it's not a good twist except that there is a twist because there's an alien if they were trying to do that then they would just <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah there's this thing that the characters don't know but you knew it like from the first minute of the episode right and well they've got like the little you know like the little alien you know like somebody's got an alien figurine on their desk you know and then you see like the weird lights in the sky that like kind of oh, move way too fast you know like three of them together and it's like okay alien invasion so what is the okay? So we've established that. So oh, now, yeah. what's the surprising thing? Right, because Twilight Zone always did a great job of like making you think you got it all figured out yep. in the first minute, and then right. they always. Pull but something. you did, unfortunately. But this, this time you actually did. You yeah. actually did. It's like there was no like, oh wow, oh, that's unexpected. 
And right. remar- yeah, no, none of that. Yeah, that sounds dumb. Like, I mean, I think maybe they were trying to make some draw some kind of, and it was in, and they really were on about um, in 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 the 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 traveler episode. Um, they were really, there was a character who was like the sheriff in this little town in Alaska. And there were a couple of, you know, other characters that were indigenous and like this guy droned on and on and on about Christmas and Jesus and this and that. And it like kind of made it all into a, like a, a really negative kind of joke. And it was like, I'm, you know, yeah. But they did all that. Like they were setting something up with that character. Right. But there's it, it didn't the, go anywhere. All that they set up is that the character's a jackass. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's all that they set up is like he's a sanctimonious jackass, and it's like, okay, like first of all, we wasted like a significant amount of time listening to this guy drone on about all of his feelings about Christianity, and there's not even like a point to it except for it to be like, and he's an idiot, and this is stupid. Like, come on now, like, be, don't, don't, don't be that be way. Be a little more clever than that. Be right. more clever than that. If you're going to, you know, make cuts about institutionalized religion, be clever about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. there was the Child's Play episode. Yeah, and I actually have the two, when you say Child's Play Child's episode, book? you make it sound like it's Chucky and it's I was not. about to say. Uh, <laughs> that one, I don't remember what the name of that episode was. Um, but we had it backwards. The The one we were just talking about was uh, A Traveler was episode five. So episode four, again, had an actor I was really excited about. It had John Cho. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. And so I'm like, yes, this is going to be great. And but we again, will talk about again, and again in a little while. And again, John yeah. Cho was great in it. He killed. Because he's a really good actor. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I wish he was in more things. It's like... So the basically the premise of this to not just although it's been out for a year so spoilers ahead basically he's a campaign manager for well, and then it tells all of this it tells you in the like beginning right so he's a campaign campaign manager he fails miserably miserably his guy loses he just goes off and is drinking himself to death mm-hmm. and then like I don't even remember how he there's finds a kid him. with a YouTube channel yeah the kid with the YouTube channel who's really resonating with people and he makes some comment about I'm gonna run for president right you know and everyone's gonna have free video games and you know all the all- things that a kid would say if they were running yeah. for president he's going to get everybody in the united states of you know free video games and all these things mm-hmm. and so he he does all that or, or so the the character sees it and he's like i'm going to go meet this kid and i'm going to be his campaign manager i'm going to get this kid elected president and then i'll be back on top <sighs> okay and so basically the kid is like, you know, this adorable, sweet kid, and everybody just thinks he could do no wrong, and everything he says is is so sweet. And ultimately, he ends up getting You're elected. And so... Again, halfway into the episode, he starts to turn into a little jackass, mm-hmm. because everybody's Once like fawning ever, all over him all the time. Right. And so he starts treating people like crap. And I look at Andrew, I was like, well, how long before this kid turns into Stalin? And it took like, you know, two minutes of him being president. To start doing terrible things to people because he's a kid and kids, you know, you know, he's a kid and he acts Mm -hmm. like a kid. And, you know, the first thing he decrees is, you know, I don't want any more old doctors. And so the whole thing is, is at the end, the guy gets, 
he gets shot or yeah, he gets shot. He, the kid gets him shot by the secret service mm-hmm. and then he's laying there on the hospital bed and this kid comes up to operate on him that clearly has, isn't a doctor and doesn't know what he's doing oh, because there because can't be any more old doctors. president was like, kids are in charge. Right. It was, yeah. And yeah, so I it's saw, kind of a commentary time. on like spoiling children, I guess, but it's not very clever. Yeah, well, I remember one time y'all know uh, y'all know Tate Drake and Tucker, right. and uh, I was mm-hmm. I was over at their house one time, and they wanted to watch a kids movie. Uh, that was the exact same plot. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you, that tells you how how clever that is. So it's it's just not there was there it just wasn't a clever episode. So I have not watched an episode in a little over a week now because. We watched those two episodes two nights in a row. And that I was, was so like, excited about. And they're they're long. I mean, they're 50-minute episodes. And so it's like, man, it's like, I don't really want to burn 50 minutes on something I really don't want to, you know. Because sh- usually we only sit down and watch one thing after the kids go to bed at night. So, you know, if we sit down and we watch a 50-minute show, it's like, that's it for the night, you know. So we're usually, yeah. I mean, I think we'll finish it because... Mostly because we do this and well, we, we should talk about I'm going to soldier on through the season because I do want to check out season two. Um, but the other thing was that we talked about that the first two episodes, they really like, they they were closely related. Like they clearly existed in the same mm-hmm. universe and they really advertised this thing as if all this story occurred within the same Mm-hmm. world yeah. but after episode two like there's no we evidence never see of any that overlap anymore. no 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 little easter eggs or anything unless i just missed it but i don't think that i did yeah that's kind of been a little bit of a letdown i was really gung-ho about yeah, twilight dude, those first two episodes are great yeah they really were um, have, uh, has, uh, have any of the actors like shown up a couple of different times the different characters that all been one-off they've all been one-offs Interesting, because I would, I would, if John Cho and Stephen Yun are in more episodes, then that would actually compel me to watch mm-hmm. more of it. Because I know they've done that before. Yeah. Now the thing is, is the act they did it. I mean, they've they've had wonderful cast in every episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm hoping this is. It, it's definitely been a downward trend. Episode two was my favorite by far. Yeah. I um I really wanted to watch the the Traveler episode. I really wanted to like the Traveler episode, and it got to the end, and it was like there was no payoff to watching this. Yeah, I felt and like yeah. with both of both of the two episodes we we've been discussing, it's like it it didn't take long to be like okay, so you're like okay, well I have this figured out, so clearly some there's going to be a twist, and then there's like uh, no twist. It's like and the kids a little jerk because he's got he's the most powerful person in the world and he's 11 mm-hmm. and okay and the guy's an alien and everyone was so worried about their little petty squabbles that they like didn't notice that there was an alien invasion you know like there's just no it was a very untwilight zone kind of resolution it was mm-hmm. like yeah it's like when you read a sherlock holmes book you you really don't want to figure it out until you know you've gotten until you're pretty far into it and it was the same kind of feeling it's like why did i just watch a mystery that had all the clues laid out in the first five minutes well i also Mm -hmm. feel like the uh because the narrator's commentary in the twilight zone has always been very important Mm -hmm. i feel like even the narrator's commentary got lazier with episode four and five mm-hmm. i don't know if maybe they felt like since they you know that they had some of their bigger names for the season that they could just give them the less good episodes and they would just prop it up by virtue of being who they are but right all we but did was disappoint the solution people. to that is write better episodes right right <laughs> yeah 
That's weird. I have a Twilight Zone pitch. I want to okay. know what you guys think. Have you all seen the videos of like real of things that look realistic, but they cut into it and it's actually cake? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're all over the place. Uh-huh. I want to see a Twilight Zone episode where everything is cake and nobody knows what's real anymore. And people go to take a bite of a burger and it's cake. Uh-huh. And people pick up their phone and it's cake. <laughs> and a guy, and a, like a guy wakes up one morning and everything is cake. And he doesn't know what's real, and he goes to get out of his blanket, but it's like it's cake. Oh, Everything gosh. is cake. Everything he is. He doesn't cake. know what's real because it all. It's Even all the cake. toilet papers. I saw cake toilet <laughs> right. paper. Exactly. He goes to use toilet paper. It's cake. It's not cool anymore. Everything's cake. Eventually, he gets on a rocket ship to go to space <laughs> to see if it's all cake. But the rocket ship is cake. Yeah, it's pretty dire. That, that's it. That's the whole all pitch. The cake. Make it happen. Jordan Peele. Yes. Make it happen. Should definitely do that. Okay. So did anybody else have anything they wanted to add to this for we watching? I mean, we watched Hamilton this week. That was fun. I have refused to watch Hamilton. I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's excellent. It has been ruined for me because I was in high school. In fact, I was in high school theater whenever <laughs> Hamilton came out. So you can imagine my life every day. <laughs> Every Alexander time I come in class, hey, good morning. Uh, the room word happened. Okay, Addison <laughs> saying hello. Oh, you're going to perform a scene for us? Oh, what's it going to be? Okay, so there's a scene in Hamilton. Oh, okay. <sighs> hey, I wrote a play. I wrote a play. And some students forced the director. They're like, okay, so you wrote this play, but what do we do with a Hamilton scene? So a Hamilton <laughs> scene ended up in my play. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And when I went to publish it, guess the first scene that I deleted. <laughs> And I was like, okay, you got to get this ready for the publisher. Taking out that Hamilton. Oh, that's pretty funny. Now, if you want to see something fun that might make you think a little different about it is uh, Weird Al. I'm sure you've heard Weird Al's uh, polka songs. Yeah. Because he does one on every album. He did Hamilton polka. (laughs) Okay, that's probably really funny. I'm sure Hamilton is actually really excellent. I'm just joking. I I also was kind of like, I was really just tired of hearing about it. And I was like, whatever. But the kids wanted to watch it. And I was like, okay, we'll watch it. And my poor kids, they should learn not to ask history questions when they're watching a movie with me. Because Mm -hmm. I'll sure enough pause it and talk about, you know, taxes on tea in in the (laughs) 1770s for a really long time. That's funny. Yeah. But yeah, it's... um. I really enjoyed it. I was, like I said, on another one of those people that I just, I have an aversion in, to being into the things that all, that are just everybody's into, like Twilight. I was like, I hate Twilight. I still do hate Twilight because Twilight is crap. Bad. But I was not going to do, okay, yeah. you have to understand, I was a like 20 year old girl. Whenever Twilight was published. So you know how you feel about Hamilton? Everybody just talked about <laughs> Hamilton all the time. Yeah, guess what yeah. 20-year-old girls were talking about in um, 2006? Twilight. Twilight. All the Twilight, mm. all the time. Have you ever tried to read Twilight? Um, never tried to read it. I tried to watch them. The books are worse, just in really? case anyone was wondering. <laughs> like, yeah. That's um, great. Anyway, so... <laughs> I mean, get off on that. Yeah, we'll see. You know, now Rose gonna <laughs> listen to this, and he's gonna, you know, he's gonna get back on this. Oh yeah, we're gonna do a crossover episode with Science Fictionary Talk on Twilight. About Twilight. Oh, because I because I went on a rant about Twilight on 
of course not Radio Underground last week. So yeah, I guess really, it's just on, on the brain. I don't even know how that happened, but it happened. Yeah, but in the same, <laughs> oh, we were talking about happen. young adult novels. Oh, that's and, right. And the 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 pitfalls that young adult novels mm-hmm. fall into. <laughs> so uh, if Twilight, would you be angry if Twilight ends up on my? Uh... Uh, pillars of fantasy it might novel. deserve okay. to be there just because it's been so important um as um you know kind of making young adult yeah no yeah it's it's on the list let, let's yeah. call let, let's just use like harry potter as the like made it a thing for kids or young people or something let's let's just something you can do twilight because <laughs> i'm not going there <laughs> Is like that, I said, we have I, space it, on our on our slots mm-hmm. on our full list for Twilight. I'm not putting Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> As I was say, if you do, we're gonna make you do the crossover episode with Ray. <laughs> uh, uh, that that involved that would that implies that I would actually go watch the movies <laughs> or read <laughs> the books to have said discussion. Or the books to even know to talk about no. it, right? But yeah, I mean, so I was kind of felt the same way about Hamilton. I was like, I'm not doing it because it's a thing that everybody's talking about. But I, I, um, it's much more clever and much better done. And actually, because I'm a big history buff, really, a lot of times, like adaptions on historical characters, they like get details right, but they sort of like miss kind of the, the big picture. And it did a pretty good job with with a few kind of big picture concepts. Mm-hmm. You know, historically accurate. You know, kind yeah. of the the political differences between like. Jefferson and Hamilton and you know some of the things going on there. So anyway. Yeah. That's cool. That's another podcast is my my history obsession. The, ha- the Hamilton cast. Yeah. Or no. just the history cast. Just the history cast in general. Marisha's history obsession. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap us up for tonight. So Marisha, where can people find you online? You can find me on princessesandpadawans.com. There's some really old stuff on there, and eventually there will be something new. But I'm in just no shape to <laughs> have extra stuff to do right now. Um, and my Instagram is princesses underscore and underscore padawans. Again, um, don't go there looking for super new content, but there's a lot of really cute pictures of my cute padawans. Um, over the years and their costumes and my twitter is p padawans all right david where can people find you you guys can find me on twitter at stay underscore creative dd and on my youtube channel creative dnd where i do podcast videos all sorts of nerdy stuff there all right and i'm andrew gore you can find me running the twitter account for this show at Sa underscore Fictionary. You can find me hosting our other show weekly, Coruscant Radio Underground, where we talk about all things Star Wars. You can find me on my Twitch account at Darklighter580. And as always, uh, check out Red5Network.com. To find, you'll find our podcast there as well as the rest of our Red5 family. And you can find us at TheScienceFictionary.com. And until next week, live long and prosper. 